on a thousand planets and spreading out. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. To the bat poles. May the force be with you. Who is that mask man? Avengers, assemble. Good afternoon and welcome to the Fantastic Forum. I'm your host, Ulysses E. Campbell. We'll start the show with some genre-related news. The long-delayed release of The New Mutants finally occurred last weekend. The Fox adaptation of Chris Claremont's and Bob McCloud's X-Men-based comic book series took in $7 million at the newly reopened domestic box office. And shame on director Josh Boone for misspelling McCloud's name in the movie credits. You'd think they could have gotten that right. The industry hopes that The New Mutants will lead the way as theaters that had been dark since March try to reopen amidst the Corona-19 pandemic. A new trailer dropped earlier this week for No Time to Die. You can check it out on one of the Fantastic Forum social media platforms. And while you're there, if you haven't already, follow us on Twitter and Instagram or like us on Facebook. We like to be followed and we love to be liked. Filming has paused on Matt Reeves' The Batman, following star Robert Pattinson testing positive for coronavirus. The production had only recently returned to set following suspension of filming earlier this year. Reportedly, there's about three months of work remaining on the feature, which is now scheduled for theatrical release in October 2021. The hope is that the principal photography will be completed by year's end. Some tragic news last week as actor Chadwick Boseman passed away on August 28th at the age of 43. Bozeman was of course best known as having played comic book character The Black Panther in several Marvel Studios movies. His family revealed he had been diagnosed with stage 3 colon cancer four years ago and in treatment ever since. We'll be talking today about Bozeman's career and his impact on black culture. Now it's time to introduce our panelists. And joining me today on this episode are Shireen Nicole, Drew Bittner, and Julian Lytle. Welcome to the show, everybody. Hey. Hey, thank you for having me again. Hey. Hi. Thank you all for being here and lending your talents and your knowledge and your opinions to this show. That's why I keep asking you back. So... I wanted to start out talking about this DC fandom because, hey, this has been one of the biggest events that we've sort of seen in comics. I mean, there were so many different trailers for the gaming and for the movies and announcements of new stuff that came out of this. This has been a really big deal. Um, I, I'm assuming that all of you uh, at least kind of kept up with some of the, I mean, I didn't actually participate in DC FanDome, I didn't watch. I afterwards, I looked at some of the trailers and I watched some of the stuff that came out of it. Um, did any of you all actually tune in while the thing was going on? Yeah. Yeah, what's the whole thing? Oh, yeah. well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. I was, I was checking it on and off, so yeah, I saw I saw a bit of it. 
Okay. Well, um, in that case, Julian and Shireen, we'll start with you all. Uh, what, what, uh, and I guess Julian, uh, let's start with you, in terms of what you thought, uh, or what you felt, rather, because, hey, you know, there's no right answer to this, was the biggest thing that came out of this particular event? Uh, well, it's kind of easy to say. I say it actually it's a tie. Um, I think it's the uh, the Batman teaser and the uh, Suicide Squad game because uh, you know outside for for people who play video games, which is a lot of people, uh, finally, people finally finding out what the Rocksteady uh, studio is working on as their game, their next big game mm-hmm. uh, has been really anticipated. Uh, so seeing that it's going to be like a, a four four player co-op uh, Suicide Squad you have to take out the Justice League is pretty big news especially since we're about to head into a new generation of video game consoles and yeah, the Batman I don't think anybody actually expected like a whole trailer, trailer. Like, teaser like two it was like it was like what like 90 it's like two almost two minutes like we got like real it didn't look crap like we didn't look like oh this is in production like oh no y'all look like y'all could just y'all almost done it seems like y'all just work on post even though we know they got a lot more to film there was um, a lot more footage there than i would have expected to see yeah. you, you got an idea of a story yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, what about you i don't know that I was excited about anything personally, but I think things that fans can be really excited about. I agree with Julian that I really love seeing the Suicide Squad game just because it looks so cool. Um, you know, King Shark and whatnot. Um, I thought it, the Milestone panel was a really good addition and uh, that teaser about getting a static movie, which um, is, a, is a joy for a whole lot of folks. Um, you know, hopefully that will actually happen. You know, we've we've been teased a lot with Milestone. Um, so hopefully that will actually happen. Let me see what else. The Batman trailer, it intrigued me. Uh, you guys know that I haven't been all of that tickled. Well, or the exact opposite of tickled. I don't know what that is. Uh, with Batman movies lately, but this one actually looked like one I can enjoy. Um, I, I, you know, we'll see. But those were the things. I, oddly enough, I wasn't. I was excited by the Kingdom Come armor on Wonder Woman. That mm. excited me. Uh, so yeah, those are. That just you know, it just the you know, the kid in me or the young person in me seeing that armor was was nice to see. But I think overall, fandom put on a pretty good show, keeping people engaged. The Flash panel was fun. You know, there's a lot of issues with Ezra Miller and his behavior, so that kind of took away from it. But it was still a fun panel. Just to backtrack a little bit with something that you said uh, regarding the Batman trailer. And I heard a lot of people, because, uh, of course, that was big deal for all the reasons that you mentioned, and, you know, many that, that we haven't. A lot of people were saying, oh, I wasn't really interested about this movie, and then I saw this trailer, and now I'm a lot more interested. 
I was just the opposite. I was I was more interested until I saw the trailer. And now I'm like, eh, I don't know. Well, it's kind of to... dark to me. I don't know. Well, I, I happen to really like the writer who's working on this film, um, whose name I can't think of. I think it's Tomlinson. Yeah. He wrote uh, Project Power for Netflix, which was basically an audition to write a DC Comics movie. And so that is exciting me, seeing a, a different take on it, different designs. Uh, it was weird to see a bit of an emo Batman. They might want to work on that. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I'm not a, the biggest fan of the whole I Am Vengeance line. You know, the, the whole, as Julian pointed out to me, the Frank Miller kind of Batman. I am vengeance. Okay, dude, thanks. No, you're a hero. Start acting like one again. We miss you. Because I, I really want to redeem Batman. That's something that I've been talking about a lot lately because I think that you go from Nolan to Snyder to to um, that cesspool in a soup bowl called Joker. Ooh. And it begins to erode the idea that Batman is a hero. And so that's the question that I'm left with with watching that trailer. But the reason that I'm intrigued by the trailer is because what I believe Matt Reeves and Tomlinson are going to give us is a movie where we start with one Batman and then there's actually a, a character arc that leads us back to him being a hero. Now, that is my hope, but I also find there are certain clues that lead to that in the trailer for me. Hmm. I, I'm looking at the writing credits. In addition to... Um... Matt Reeves and then, um, you know, the actual comic book people like Bill Finger and Bob Kane. Peter Craig is the other name that they have up here. They don't mm. have. That's not uh, him. That's not. That's no, not that's him. not. That's not. Uh, that's not correct. It's Matt Matt Mattson Tomlin. They it's just did Mattson articles. Tomlin. They just yeah, did yeah, articles about articles him co-writing. About it. It. Hmm. Yeah. Right. So well. And and up until a week ago, he was listed here as the writer. So this is bizarre. Hmm. Really are you, bizarre. Are you looking at IMDb too? As I said, ah. up until about a week ago. <laughs> Thank you. There you go. <laughs> uh, he was listed. I mean, when Julian and I watched uh, Project Power, he mm -hmm. was listed as the writer along with Matt Reeves. There's hmm. a whole article on um, the rap. I think it mm -hmm. is. And that he Reporter. Yeah, hmm. yeah. There's whole articles about it. So something is bizarre. Somebody made a little mix-up here. Mm. I don't We're gonna have go to get IMDb either until it's done. Like, I yeah, but yeah, I, I was gonna say, you know, that that's one of those as a repository. I mean, as an aside, and I'm gonna say this, and then I want to uh, get over to Drew. But as an aside, uh, New Mutants. Uh, just open. And in fact, heck, that's probably a conversation that we ought to have also, because uh, New Mutants opened in theaters, because uh, some theaters domestically are open again. I'm not going because that's one of the more high risk activities in which you can involve yourself right now. But I understand that they misspelled Bob McLeod's name in the credits. He's kind of jacked up because I heard this from Bob McCloud himself. <laughs> and he, went, I, he was kind of cool. He, I'd have been way more salty than he was, to be honest with you. I mean, he was just sort of like, I wish they'd spelled my name right. The other thing that he was talking about, though, was um, 
the some of the changes to the characters. But I digress. DC Fandome. So, uh, Drew, why was this thing a big deal? DC Fandome is, you know, it's really the first time that a major comic book company like you know, DC or Marvel has gone into this kind of social media platforming in terms of reaching out to fans, reaching out to TV viewers, movie viewers, um, all kinds of people, and bringing them basically inside the building and giving them a look at all these sort of behind-the-scenes things. Like, it's it's the experience of a convention without going to a convention, probably more than a lot of the virtual cons we've seen so far. It's It's the opportunity to see these panels. It's the opportunity to see a lot of work in progress to get the trailers. Um, I really, I really do feel as though fandom was the reaction to, you know, COVID and having to cancel San Diego this year, having to cancel New York this year and all these things. And, and they're trying to find the most creative and engaging ways to bridge that, that absence that's going on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, now, interestingly enough, there are other places like online where you can find, like Wizard World, for instance, and a couple of others. Uh, I think GalaxyCon too are doing, you know, sort of meet the celebrities kinds of things online, where you can log in, register, you can pay to have private time, like a minute with a celebrity or something, you know, and, and so on. So that's a, that's another way that other other places are taking it. But Fandom seems to be not just you know, a one-time thing is, as, as you mentioned earlier, earlier, Yuli, it's, it's, you know, going to be recurring on the 12th, I believe. And they may well continue this. They may well do more like, you know, meet and greets and trailers and a sneak peek at, you know, what's coming up and things like that, because there's, there's plenty they have to work with. So, um, why is it a big deal? It's a big deal to me because it's really an attempt to, solve a problem, connect with an audience, and maintain some enthusiasm about the work, even as there's an admission that a lot of these things are taking a lot longer to come out. Um, you know, most of the Berlantiverse shows are probably not going to begin again until next year, things like that. So they, they, they want to continue to, to keep fan interest, you know, while acknowledging the reality of, that we're all living in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And by all accounts, they absolutely did swimmingly with this thing. It generated over 22 million views across 220 countries and territories. And the film, TV, and video game trailers that were released during the event, uh, as of last week, had garnered over 150 million views. So you got to mm-hmm. figure that by this time, that's at least another... 150 million views that they've probably gotten so uh yeah it was um it was it was a thing you know now for me personally milestone that to me is huge because of course static shock being the biggest uh milestone character and uh you know they they're gonna do uh, a new digital series featuring static shock and uh, apparently um that's coming out either late this year, early next year. Um, And then uh, there's also going to be, before anything, uh, this Milestone Returns uh, Zero, which is going to be an introductory point for new readers and a walk down memory lane 
for other people who are more familiar with the imprint. But I, I've always thought that <laughs> I'm just going to call a spade a spade. I don't think they want to pay Michael Davis. That's <laughs> what it is. I think somebody is like, screw Michael Davis. We ain't trying to give him no money. If that means we don't do anything with these characters, so be it. That's what I really think. Didn't they buy him hmm. out already? I didn't think so. I mean, you know, to hear him tell it, he's still involved. Oh, it, it could it could be. My my thing is as positive and hopeful of as I am about it, I've been down this road before. Mm-hmm. And I don't blame DC because DC doesn't own it. So I'm glad they're gonna put the old material out for digital. And if I want to mm-hmm. read stuff, I can read it. Until then, until I see something, eh, like, I also, I'm just not that excited on them just doing it themselves. I'm like, y'all y'all couldn't get nobody younger to, to you know, to reinvigor these things? Mm-hmm. All right, bet. It is what it is. Like, it was cool. Well, can was we say channel. newer rather than younger? Newer? I, new I, don't, I don't know if I want a new voice that's that's almost 60 years old either. Like, no, I want mm. I want somebody a little bit younger than them. Ageism. It, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, but I, I need you to at least listen to Little John or something in the club 15 you know, years ago. He's not, he's not wrong. You're listening to Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM and streaming online via WERA.FM. We are Arlington. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Julian Lytle and Shireen Nicole and Drew Bittner. And we're talking about the DC Fandom event, which was actually week before last, but we were a rerun last week and we couldn't talk about it. And a lot of big stuff came out of that. So we were specifically talking about the announcement that the Milestone imprint, a classic uh, which is, uh, you can call it a classic now, African-American uh, comic imprint is coming back. So uh, here's the thing about uh, Milestone and Static and some of the disappointments. Um, they were looking at doing a Static movie, and the producers or the, the uh, prospective producers approached the Milestone guys and they said, hey, great property. We want to do a movie with this character, but you know what? We'd kind of like to make him a white kid. Part of what that said to me was that there was a lack of appreciation for the source material, and it just wasn't time yet. You know, But were a Static Shock feature film to be made, I think it would be wildly successful. And so it, you have... I suppose, a degree of prejudice bumping up against greed. And in a heretofore, prejudice wins out. <laughs> but maybe greed will win out this time. I don't know. Yes, prejudice was also just being them being obtuse and don't and not respecting it. it and just like they just want to get a, a cash grab. They probably already had a script somewhere of like electric power kid. They was just going to force this onto that property. I mean, Hollywood is pretty well known for having that conversation with creatives. Tanana Reeve Dune, Stephen Barnes had that conversation about their properties. Neil Gaiman has talked about having that conversation about his properties. 
And luckily for us, most of them have stood by their guns because a white static is Peter Parker. We got that. <laughs> and so, you know, uh, that was a longstanding thing with Hollywood. I mean, it was that was a conversation as a creative of color that you knew you were going to have walking into the room with the pitch. And, and the times have changed. That whole excuse about black films not traveling, about black films not scoring, even though we've known, as I often say, since Rush Hour and far beyond and far before that, that that was a lie, that those excuses are being shattered, uh, for example, by Black Panther and things like that. So we have moved past that that question being the standard thing that you hear when you walk into the room. Mm hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, but this DC fandom, you know, part of what surprised me about it in my stodgy fuddy duddiness was, and Julian had to kind of explain this to me, but it was the trailers for the video games. And, uh, and my son actually, uh, I think he was the one who, uh, cause there was that, uh, that, uh, Titans. It, well, it wasn't Titans. Gotham it was Knights. like, yes, exactly. That's Thank so you. Lit. Everybody going to buy that joint. Mm-hmm. about six yeah. months you mean i could play as tim drake <laughs> with the homie on the on the on the other end is like red hood shooting up bammers we about to get lit on the on the <laughs> chat i don't need no batman yeah, you know but yeah I, so you didn't enjoy those how could you not well, enjoy I, those? no it, no it, it, i was surprised is what it was i didn't know they i, I okay when did they start doing trailers for video games? Yeah, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I didn't even know that. years ago. Video game storytelling breaks and some of the new storytelling formats and, tra- and definitely the way trailers are cut have been hugely influenced by video games. You see a lot of stuff that's completely shot in first-person style, uh, like moments in John Wick, um, a first-person shooter. And so all video games are wildly influential and also they break a lot of songs like a lot of the music that we get gets broken as as in released in video games. So yeah, it's not a new thing. Wait, this is this be a thousand. Like video games made over 120 billion dollars last year. Thank you. Very lucrative. That's what I was going to say Julian so, explained um, to me. So like uh yeah, they're going to have trailers for the You know how much video games cost? A little movie just costs you twelve bucks. Game gonna set you back sixty dollars. I count DLC. But yeah, but there's also a lot of craft and a lot of storytelling oh, yeah. involved in video games that I don't think people who don't game they don't realize that. That's the real storytelling right there. You get twenty hours of story, interactive. You immersed. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You get to be in the world of Gotham. It's not just like oh man. I don't like how they shot this. Like, nah, man, you out there walking around the corner, you know, you gonna bump into somebody. You gotta talk to the commissioner yourself. You know, yeah, 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 oh yeah. See, that was my number two. That's after that Suicide Squad joint is four players, so that got a that got over top of that. This is only two players. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was watching the thing, and then I was like, what? This is a video game, you know? Because I wasn't ever gonna. I'm never gonna play that game. <laughs> Even if it was in the house, I ain't never gonna play. You can that. watch people play it. That's a big business too. Ah, that's yeah, something else that. Business, yeah. I, yeah. Well, and that's something else I don't understand. Why? Why should I want to? I mean, because you got to understand. In my mind, watching somebody play Gotham Knights, that's like watching somebody play 
Pong or Pac-Man or something. It's no, like, why, no, you why do I want to do that? You watching the snoring. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Can yeah. I just say one thing that I kind of was pleased with that came out in Fandom? Mm-hmm. What's that? Well, it was the fact that Idris Elba is not going to be playing Deadshot, but instead will be Bloodsport. Oh yeah, they had they had actually said that before, and because initially they had gotten him to be Deadshot, but then they decided to make him Bloodsport because not only did they want to protect Will Smith's ability to return to the franchise, but they felt that it'd give Idris Elba more room. For the characterization with what he Idris Elba couldn't play Deadshot. Will Smith was a perfect, surprisingly perfect Deadshot. I never would have expected it, but it worked so beautifully. And also, you don't want to just be interchanging black men. You can have more than one. They don't even look Pardon? alike. No, look alike. And they don't have the same style. Like Idris does not have that goofiness in him. I saw that Charlie TV show he did. No, you don't have it. And so, you know, it's good to have more than one black man. The universe can handle it. Oh, yeah. No, there, there's no, no doubt about it. That was a joke. Ha, 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 ha. Well, but see, that, that's the thing, because what comes to mind is Terrence Howard in Iron Man and how they sort of replaced him with Don Cheadle. And I've said before, I was surprised by that because under ordinary circumstances, you wouldn't see – Don Cheadle would play a completely different – kind of role than a Terrence Howard would and I didn't you know I mean of course Cheadle now has made that part his own but uh, I kind of miss Terrence Howard I wish he had I mean I wish they had decided not to stiff him because you know of course his contract said that he gets X and they tried to renegotiate and he was like bump that you know and so they were like okay yeah yeah which I understand you know so and as much as Don Cheadle for me is typically a better actor than Terrence Howard, Terrence Howard for me was a better roadie. In theory, you shouldn't be able to interchange those two actors. And that's what I thought about when we were just talking about Will Smith and uh, Idris Elba. But that musical cue means that it's time for us to take a short break because, of course, Fantastic Forum comes to you via WERA 96.7 FM in Arlington, Virginia. We're a community radio station, and I'd like to tell you more about that, but we're going to have to step aside while we acknowledge our underwriters and our sponsors, and while we promote some of the other wonderful shows coming up later tonight, right here on WERA. But don't touch that dial, because Shireen and Julian and Drew and I will be right back with more Fantastic Forum right after this. And welcome back to the Fantastic Forum here on WERA 96.7 FM and streaming online via WERA.FM. Radio Arlington, I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. We are joined today uh, by Drew Bittner and... Julian Lytle and Shireen Nicole, uh, we were talking about DC Fandom when we uh, took the break. Uh, I think I want to. Well, actually, do we? Do we? What, what? What else do we need to say about? Well, in addition to the fact that it's coming back on September 12th for a part two, do we need to say anything else? 
I don't or, know if Drew got to say his favorite part. I, my, my favorite parts really were that there were some, some great new trailers. I liked the new Wonder Woman trailer. I thought that was really good. Um, the, the Batman trailer, honestly, I'm a little cold on Batman movies generally right now. I'm just not really into it. So I'm, I'm probably not the market for that particular trailer or that movie. Um, I thought Black Adam looks interesting. I think that uh, Dwayne Johnson's going to have a great time with that, and I think they're going to do a great job tying that to Shazam when the time comes. Um, there, there's some really great stuff. I, I think that one thing that struck me was how much there really was not a lot about comics. I mean, outside of the milestone announcement, um, there really didn't seem to be an awful lot about comic books in all of it. And I think that's sort of, in a way, a missed opportunity. I think that having this many eyes on an event of this size and this scope gives them a good platform to push their publishing line a little bit harder than they did. Don't you think it was their Hall H? Yeah, yeah, and I mean, that's kind of where I was going with the, the whole, you know, this is this is their answer to not having a convention mm-hmm. and everything, but but even at, even at San Diego, they still make time for comic books. They still yeah. make time to recognize, you know, major creators like, you know, Denny O'Neill and all these other people. So, I mean, That's it's just... what the, the 12th is for. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah, so you got... Okay, so right, here's the thing. Vandome was going to be multiple different viewing streams with, like, all actual too much content to watch 24 hours. So they listened to everyone and said, like, no one can watch everything because they might have, like, the Rorschach panel the same time as, like, the Suicide Squad panel. But it's different, like, everybody want to see it and we're at home. So they split it. It took, like, the really the biggest stuff, the Hollywood and game stuff, stuck it on its day by itself, and took a lot of this other stuff that deals with, like, animation and the comics and all that type of stuff. And that's all on the 12th. So we still get all the comic book stuff, tons and tons of panels, and kid stuff and activities and stuff for classrooms. It's just on the 12th. That's what the, okay. they just split it in half. They just what well, they even split it in half. They took the stuff that all the entertainment sites care about, to be quite honest, stuck it on a day, and it's like we could put the other stuff closer to when things are going to come out because certain books they're going to announce in that come out in like October and November. Hmm. Well, I think I think that I think that makes sense. Then you know, I mean, it was just this was just my reaction to the programming that was offered on that day. So mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but. But yeah, also, like both. I said, I, mean, I, think, I think that it's it's really kind of built to be a multi-day event. So, so I'm I'm glad to see there will be you know this whole you know tranche of um, comic book related programming. That's good. Mm-hmm. You they know, have the schedule up now on the site. If you guys want to visit it, you can see more. What's the site address, Shereen? Um, I don't. DC remember. Fandom. Yeah. Ah, there yeah, you go. Just DC So yeah. Yeah. when it originally went up, everything was for the same day because I picked out I'm going to do this and watch this and watch this and I was like I don't know how I want to be able to strip through all the streams <laughs> to, to see, catch all these different see, things. See you did it like you were at a con. You're like yeah I want to do this I want to do that. And all that. That's what it's set up like because also yeah. to, to talk about someone like I think that's kind of the way Comic Con at home and a lot of these other conventions mess up because you're doing all these type of things and you're, you're still you don't have an on demand schedule you should just so what are you guys doing so them, to me, them splitting it up was a smarter decision, and they probably had the best online convention experience 
uh, Sans video game stuff that's been out mm. this year to date. Mm-hmm. They let you compile your schedule and put it all in your own, the calendar of your choice, whatever calendar mm. you use. They allowed you to put those reminders in there. So, yeah, it was really smart. And and I, and I was saying, Drew, didn't you feel like it was their Hall H? Nah, no, it was, it was more of a support of what you said than a, than a reversal of what you said. I was saying, yeah, I agree. Didn't you feel like that was the Hall H experience? Oh, yeah, I, I, I... On that basis, I absolutely agree. I think it's it's you know they're they're doing their best to sort of put their best foot forward and offer the things that most people are aware of. You know, recognize that comics are a fairly small, you know, part of the business now. So so yeah, I mean, I, I understand it. I just you know I, I I'm I'm glad that Julian said what he said that there that there will be more that focuses on the books themselves because I think that if you forget about where this all came from you you run the risk of you know losing losing track of what these things are all about so i i couldn't agree more one thing i want to throw in because uh drew when you mentioned that it kind of gives me the opportunity to (laughs) as crazy as it sounds explain something from a couple of shows ago because um julian made the uh observation that the way that subscriptions are are handled is sort of changing and uh, you can make more money if you're doing monthly subscriptions uh, with some of these services than you can any other way. DC Universe used to offer annual subscriptions, and they're going away from that. They're going monthly. And I didn't explain well enough what it was I was saying, and it might have sounded like I was contradicting Julian. I-, I wasn't saying that to contradict you. I was saying this to support your assertion, you know? <laughs> and so it's like, oh, yeah. So we get like, Kind of two for the price of one here in terms of corrections. Anyway, so yeah, DC Fandom, part two of the event, the comic book part, coming up on September 12th. Check out DCFandom.com for more news and information. So um, the other thing that I had wanted to mention was uh, the, the, the shocking and sad and sudden passing of chadwick boseman uh because i when i I, and i was one of the first people in my house to see that and you know uh, unbeknownst to me and millions of others this man had been fighting colon cancer for the past four years in fact i understand that when he discovered four years ago that he had it he was already stage three and so i mean all this stuff that we saw him do he had colon cancer the whole time it was like, damn. I mean, I just, I just can't even imagine what that must have been like. And to have faced all of this as courageously as he did, and you know, without complaining, and uh, you know, without publicly putting it out there. Because I tell you something, his crew is strong that nobody leaked any of that. You know, mm. I mean, in fact, I understand that there were people who had, uh, when they saw some of his recent interviews and they observed how much weight he'd lost, they were calling him the Crack Panther and stuff like that. And I was, and I bet those people feel really stupid now. They should have felt bad when they said it. Yeah. 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 I'd like to talk a little bit about Chadwick Boseman and about what a loss this is, why it's such a loss, 
and uh, and kind of uh, maybe to a much lesser degree because I, I'd like to talk more about him than where all of this goes from here. I mean, you know, aside from the fact that you've had a number of people uh, who have talked about how they are going to commit themselves to changing their lives and trying to uh, work towards the betterment of uh, people in general uh, because of Chadwick Boseman's example uh, than sort of where the franchises go. Uh, but I, cause I've heard some stuff about that too. And, you know, in, in our grief, people are not necessarily being, I, I might, the way I'm going to put it is people aren't necessarily being reasonable about what they, the direction that they feel we should go. And I, I'm, I'm chalking that up to grief. But let, let's start with the man himself and uh, his, his impact, uh, the indelible impact that he has had on, on the art, uh, you know, particularly through his role as the Black Panther uh, in those two Avengers movies and the Captain America movie and his own, uh, you know, feature, The Black Panther. Uh, who, who would like to actually drew since you didn't get to get in as much on that DC fandom stuff why don't you start with this oh um gee um okay I I will say that um you know there's there's no way that I can share the the visceral impact that Black Panther had on billions around the world I I that's that's not that's not for me to share, but I can tell you that as a white guy, as someone who admires great acting, that he was a singular talent. He would have won an Academy Award. He was certainly more than talented enough to break that that goal for himself. Um, it's it's impossible now to imagine anyone else being Black Panther, but um, I know that Ryan Coogler and the team at Marvel is going to be very deliberate and very appropriate in how they take this forward because they, they knew and they, they loved the guy. And um, I, I trust them to make the decisions for what happens with the story, with the movies. But that's, but that's really only a small part of all this. Um, I do think that um, Chadwick Boseman was a remarkable talent. Um, I think that he's left a legacy that will endure... You know, far beyond that of most other actors of his of his you know age and his the the number of films that he made, I think that his impact you know is just going to be tremendous, and um, and I I don't really know what else to say. I mean, I, I think that he he had an impact on on all of us, and um, you know the fact that all the Avengers were participating in different media social media activities you know talking about how much they loved him and how what a wonderful guy he really was on screen and off screen and how much he affected them and and helped them raise their game and improve the game and make the films better um it's, it's very powerful you don't you don't just hear that about people so that's kind of how i how i came at that Mm -hmm. Yeah, he sounds like he was really the real deal. And uh, I, in, in, in the aftermath of his loss, uh, because, you know, I'm H-U, H-U. Yeah, I, I was at Howard and I, I was there like way before him. But uh, I, I have spoken with some people who actually knew him. And, you know, they're, they, I mean, aside from having just been beside themselves 
uh, overwhelmed with grief. You know, the what what they have said about the way he was when he was there on the yard and, you know, his earnestness, his genuineness, uh, you know, the fact that he was such a good friend to a a number of different people. You know, you you can't hear uh, stuff, testimonials like that, uh, which is what they ultimately become. But you can't hear those without being incredibly moved. So, um, Mm -hmm. Shireen, uh, you know, you are one of the more eloquent and intelligent people that I know and really tuned in uh, to the culture. Um, what, what, what did this guy mean? Uh, what does this loss mean? That's a lot of pressure, Ulysses. <laughs> well, that's why I built you up first. <laughs> but I know you got something, though. I know you I, got something. I, it's like, ooh, I know you do. Uh, listen to Geek Girl Riot. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, if you're going to say that, you better like call out when it comes on. And what the, said, how people Tuesday do it nights <laughs> at 11 p.m. Eastern only on Adobe Radio. There you go. And, um, because we had a really big discussion about Chadwick Boseman that is actually airing. Um, what Chadwick Boseman means to the culture. It's 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 difficult to... there. The, the most eloquent thing I could do for you mm-hmm. is to read what Michael B. Jordan had to say. Mm-hmm. Um, if if you would indulge me, I will do that. Oh, um, sure. Because uh, my eloquence is that there is a broken heart where Chadwick Boseman is concerned. And uh, that broken heart comes from th- knowing we had already known that he was heroic. What we didn't know was he was a real-life superhero. Mm. The, the things that he did in the community, visiting children in cancer wards while battling cancer himself, the encouragement that he gave, his 2018 Howard University convocation speech, the, the fact that he gave his MTV Hero Award to a real-life hero who stopped a real-life gunman. All of these things say something amazingly beautiful about Chadwick Boseman and who he was and and that he was worthy to be called a hero. When you have parents who don't know how to tell their children that Black Panther is dead and those children are across every line, right? Every, Every color, so to speak, every then you know someone had impact, they had grace, and that they are legend, right? So Mm -hmm. Michael B. Jordan has said, I've been trying to find the words, but nothing comes close to how I feel. I've been reflecting on every moment, every conversation, every laugh, every disagreement, every hug, everything. I wish we had more time. One of the last times we spoke, you said we were forever linked. And now the truth of that means more to me than ever. Since nearly the beginning of my career, starting with all my children when I was 16 years old, you paved the way for me. You showed me how to be better, honor, purpose, and create legacy. And whether you've known it or not, I've been watching, learning, and constantly motivated by your greatness. I wish we had more time. Everything you've given the world, the legends and heroes that you've shown us, we are, will live on forever. 
But the thing that hurts the most is that I now understand how much of a legend and hero you are. Through it all, you never lost sight of what you loved most. You cared about your family, your friends, your craft, your spirit. You cared about the kids, the community, our culture, and humanity. You cared about me. You are my big brother, but I never fully got a chance to tell you or to truly give you the flowers, your flowers, while you were here. I wish we had more time. I'm more aware now than ever that time is short with people we love and admire. I'm going to miss your honesty, your generosity, your sense of humor, and incredible gifts. I'll miss the gift of sharing space with you in scenes. I'm dedicating the rest of my days to live the way you did, with grace, courage, and no regrets. Is this your king? Yes, he is. Rest in power, brother. Mm. Yeah, I hadn't realized that Michael B. Jordan was uh, fully 10 years younger uh, than uh, Chadwick Boseman. And, uh, you know, so, of course, uh, he looked at him, you know, sort of like a big brother mentor. Yeah. Uh, that was that was very moving. You're listening to Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM. We are your community radio station. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Shireen Nicole. Drew Bittner and Julian Lytle. Uh, we were just talking about uh, the impact of the late Chadwick Boseman. Uh, Shireen had actually just read a statement by Michael B. Jordan. Julian, I hate to put you in the position of having to talk after that, but uh, that's where we are. Hey, well, um, with Chadwick Boseman, I think with his performances and his and how he took to his craft. Was uh, I liked how he decided to put on his back representing these these figures in uh, of Black history or American history because um, as I get older I learn just just how much people don't know about our history and I think having these films help and he was able to bring about a level of grace and dignity. When portraying all these different people, and they, he was never portraying them the same way, you know, he really, he really was good at his craft of acting. You know, from from being uh, Jackie Robinson and being James Brown, being Thurgood Marshall. Uh, I think those those films are, are just as important as, let's say, a Black Panther. I know Black Panther means a lot for people, but you know, uh, some of these historical figures. Like Thurgood Marshall, he he died when I was a kid, you know, when I when I was young. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of people don't know. Like, to promote a lot of people, the only black Supreme Court justice they know about is is Clarence <laughs> Thomas. He's <laughs> like, nah, like you know, I was learning about Thurgood Marshall when I was in school. Like, you know, Brown versus Board of Education, like all that type of stuff is important. And he <clears> was <throat> able to bring that class and bring bring you know the air of those those figures back onto to the screen so people can know about them for younger people can know about them so they won't be forgotten uh to me that's just as important as, as playing the creation of uh stanley and jack kirby uh but i do recognize what that meant for a lot of people even if i don't share it uh yeah it's, it's a loss because i also just come back thinking about it he did all that sick yeah he did most of this all this sick the yeah. press tours, the 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 meet physical and greets. labor, 
the 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 putting on weight, the losing weight, uh, you know, the bulk up for for to be the Chala, but then to probably I guess lose weight to be Thurgood Marshall. Like he wasn't the same, the same weight, and you can't say that's probably a sickness. But also, it's like he had to he had to put on weight. Like all these things that go into a movie career, and working and constantly working. It reminds me of like how you should say Tupac was just in the studio, just he's just going to just keep working. Just work, just work, work. And it's, you know, it's different outcome, different reasons. But Chad with Bozeman was working. He was making uh, sure he was not. He wasn't done yet. He was. He was done when it was time for him to leave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I hear you. You know, the one thing that uh, and and again, everybody's. If you enjoyed this man's work, and you are, and particularly if. You are somebody who was, uh, you know, because uh, all the, you're right. The, the many characters he played, Jackie Robinson, James Brown, uh, Thurgood Marshall, uh, T'Challa, you know, they, they share something in common in that they were trailblazers. They were uh, they were heroes. They were heroic figures that set an example uh, for for others. And, uh, you know, the, the first of their kind in a lot of ways. And uh, particularly that Black Panther thing, because, you know, from when... I mean, I've been a fan of the Black Panther for many, many years. I mean, you know, from him being in the Fantastic Four and uh, from joining the Avengers and, you know, from the uh, Billy Graham and... Uh, uh, you know, the stories in, uh, you know, Jungle Action, you know, Don McGregor, all, all that stuff. And, you know, so when this man brought this character to life, because, you know, uh, unlike some people having read the comics, T'Challa was already alive for me and finding somebody who could play him. And there'd been people, I mean, personally, I I, I always kind of liked the idea of Jamon Honshu playing him. But, you know, of course, he got a little long in the tooth. Wesley Snipes wanted to play him. And, you know, this was one of those castings where, who are they going to find to play this character? And then, in Captain America Civil War, when this guy trots out there, and I'm like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> it's like, wait, wait a second. <laughs> okay. Okay. You know? I mean, it was... I mean, and then when he actually got to you know, play the role in, in his own feature. And he ate that up. I mean, I'm sorry. He ate that up. It was like, Oh man, I was in tears at the end of that movie. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I was in tears. And so, um, it was, uh, it was just a very powerful experience. And so I understand how right now everybody is raw and you got people who are like, no, don't recast it. You know, in, in some ways, you know, what Shireen, what you said, is true, the Black Panther is dead, but for the fact that these characters never die. Black Panther, you know, Iron Man, Captain America, Superman, Batman, you know, and it just so happens that the Marvel characters haven't been around as long. I mean, you know, you look at those DC characters, you've had dozens of people who've played them on the radio and on television and in the movies. And, right. you know, so, but so, what I was saying was very different. I was talking about parents who didn't know how to tell their children that the Black Panther, the only Black Panther they know, has died. 
That's what I was saying. I wasn't saying that the Black Panther is dead. I was saying that that is a very real problem that so many parents faced because their children were dressing up as Chadwick Boseman's Black Panther, not Don mm. McGregor's, not, you know, Stan Lee's, not Priest's, not yeah. Hudlin's, but Chadwick Boseman's Black Panther. Yeah, yeah, and, this is the one they what, knew. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So I just wanted to, to make that clear, you know. Well, I wasn't trying to misrepresent what you said, and I appreciate the clarification of that. Um, you know, the, the, the point that I was making is that, you know, it really the way to honor this guy, and I understand, again, about the grief, but my feeling is the way to honor it, it this man and what he has done, you got to recast the role. This character needs to live on and continue to inspire, you know, generations of, of children, be they black, white, you know, whatever, you know, and, uh, yeah, it's so, too raw right now. Like, yeah, I, well, exactly. I, I didn't exactly. even want to think about this, but they, they, to be honest, sure. He's black Panther. They just, that that's not even something like to me is that's like the last thing that was on. I was like, I, I couldn't care less about what Marvel has to do other than them putting up something and, or in remembrance of him in a movie. Like, like the storyline stuff in the, in the Black Panther, like it is what it is. They, they they have there's enough going on in the comics where they can go, they know what they can do. It's already mm-hmm. been written. Reginald Hudlin already solved that problem for them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Indeed, yep. and Shuri does actually become the Black Panther in the comic Indeed. books. You know, of course, I thought they were going to do that. Shuri. <laughs> I thought they were going to do that in Avengers. I, I game, thought yeah. that was going to be what they did in Endgame, which I thought I thought they missed an opportunity there. But, um, but yeah, not right now. Yeah, I, I don't even care if the film child if 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 T'Challa does not go on in the films but Shuri is Black Panther there's a cousin that's Black Panther I don't I don't even care is that but right now I don't know how to envision anyone else in that role in the Marvel films other than uh, Letitia Wright <laughs> like that's the only mm-hmm. thing that would be a bomb yeah well and and you are you're you're actually speaking putting into words what a lot of people are feeling in terms of that and that's why i said at the outset of the conversation it, the grief is it i mean hey the, the man he's only been dead a couple of days you know i mean the grief is too fresh uh it's too raw you know and and it's it's heightened based on what he meant what the character meant to so many people you know so i don't mean to speak out of turn talking about you know where you go from here but i had you know i've been on this page not so much for him you know but with people who can only see uh tony stark as robert downey jr and can only see steve rogers as chris evans i'm like nah the characters are bigger than that and that's why i Mm -hmm. reference um, mm-hmm. Kirk Allen and George Reeves and Chris Reeve and you know all the you know many people who have played Superman you know and it's just so happy you know, he's just been around long you know right. I mean so you know anyway and 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 we'll get there we'll get there you know it's it's but for right now um, you know like I guess it's just it's it's a huge shock 
and well, and that's, uh, and that's that's why that's why I said you know before that you know I I trust Ryan Coogler and I trust the folks at Marvel to make the decision that they feel is most respectful because they knew him, they loved him, and they want to do what's best for his legacy and for the character. So, mm-hmm. yeah. indeed, indeed. Anyway, so we have uh, regrettably run out of time for this episode. Uh, of course, Fantastic Forum uh, is uh, also available. Uh, as a podcast, if you visit the Great Geek Refuge, the show re-airs each and every Thursday afternoon here on WERA at 3 p.m. There's also a website if you can't get enough, if you would like to see some of the video content, more of the audio content, visit fantasticforum.tv. And, of course, come back again next week. Same bat time, same bat station, everybody Stay safe and have a great weekend.